irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey has just begun. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. The horse, adapted to survive in areas of wide open terrain with sparse vegetation, surviving in an ecosystem where other large grazing animals, especially ruminants, could not. Horses and other equids are odd-toed ungulates of the order Parasodactyl, a group of mammals that was dominant during the tertiary period. In the, the past, this order contained 14 families, but only three have survived to the present. They are Equidae, the horse and related species, the tapir, and the rhinoceros. The earliest known member of the Equidae family was the Hierocotherium, which lived between 45 and 55 million years ago during the Eocene period. It had four toes on each front foot and three toes on each back foot. The extra toe on the front foot soon disappeared with the Mesohippus, which lived 32 to 37 million years ago. Over time, the extra side toes shrank in size until they vanished. All that remains of them in the modern horse is a set of small, vestigial bones on the leg below the knee, known informally as the splint bones. Their legs also lengthened as their toes disappeared until they were a hooved animal capable of running at great speed. By about 5 million years ago, the modern Aquaeus had evolved. Equid teeth also evolved from browsing on soft, tropical plants to adapt to browsing on drier plant material, then to grazing of tougher plain glasses, grasses. Thus, Proto-Horse changed from a leaf-eating forest dweller to a grass-eating inhabitant 
of semi-arid regions worldwide, including the steppes of Eurasia and the Great Plains of North America. About 15,000 years ago, Equus ferus was a widespread holoarctic species. Horse bones from this time period in the late Pleistocene are found in Europe, Eurasia, Beringia, and North America. Yet between 10,000 and 7,500 years ago, the horse became extinct in North America and extremely rare elsewhere in the world. The reason for this extinctions are not fully known, but one theory notes that the extinction in North America paralleled human arrival. Another theory points to climate change, noting that approximately 12,500 years ago, the grasses characteristic of steppe ecosystems gave way to shrub tundra, which was covered with unpalatable plants for the horses. A truly wild horse is a species or subspecies with no ancestors that were ever domesticated. Therefore, most wild horses today are actually feral horses, animals that escaped or were turned loose from domestic herds, and the descendants of those animals. Only two never-domesticated subspecies, the tarpon and the Rizwalski horse, survived into recorded history, and only the Zerwalski horse survives today. The Zerwalski horse, named after the Russian explorer Nicholas Zerwalski, is a rare Asian animal. It is also known as the Mongolian wild horse. Mongolian people know it as the Taki, and the Gazerg people call it a Kurtag. The subspecies was presumed extinct in the wild between 1969 and 1992, while a small breeding population survived in zoos around the world. In 1992, it was re-established in the wild due to the conservation efforts of numerous zoos. Today, a small wild breeding population exists in Mongolia. There are additional animals still maintained at zoos throughout the world. The tarpon, or European wild horse, was found in Europe and much of it and much of Asia. It has survived into the historical era, but became extinct in the year 1909, when the last captive died in a Russian zoo. Thus, the genetic line was lost. Attempts have been made to recreate the tarpan, which resulted in horses with outward physical similarities, but nonetheless descended from domesticated answers ancestors and are not true wild horses. Periodically, populations of horses in isolated areas are speculated to be relic populations of wild horses, but generally have been proven to be feral or domestic. For example, the Rywash horse of Tibet was proposed as such, but testing did not reveal genetic differences from domesticated horses. Similarly, the Sorenia 
of Portugal was proposed as a direct descendant of the tarpan based on shared characteristics. But genetic studies have shown that the saurian is more closely related to other horse breeds and that the outward similarity is an unreliable measure of relatedness. Besides the horse, there are seven other species of the genus Equus in the Equidae family. These are the ass or donkey, Equus asinus, the mountain zebra, Equus zebra, plain zebra, Equus gega, the Greva graves zebra, Equus gravi, the Kayang, Equus Kayang, and the Onager, which is Equus Heminoas. Horses can be crossbred with other members of the genus. The most common hybrid is the mule, a cross between a jack, which is a male donkey, and a mare, which is a female horse. A related hybrid, a hinny, is a cross between a stallion, which is a male horse, and a jenny, which is a female donkey. Other hybrids include the zorse, a cross between a zebra and a horse. With rare exceptions, most hybrids are sterile and cannot reproduce. Feral horses are born and live in the wild, but are descended from domesticated animals. Many populations of feral horses exist throughout the world. Studies of feral herds have proved useful insights into the behavior of prehistoric horses, as well as a greater understanding of the instincts and behaviors that drive horses that live in domesticated conditions. There are also semi-feral horses in many parts of the world, such as Dartmoor and the New Forest in the United Kingdom, where the animals are all privately owned, but live for significant amounts of time in wild conditions on undeveloped, often public lands. Owners of such animals often pay a fee for grazing rights. Breeds. The concept of purebred bloodstock and controlled written breed registry has come to be particularly significant and important in modern times. Sometimes purebred horses are incorrectly or inaccurately called thoroughbreds. Thoroughbred is a specific breed of horse, while a purebred is a horse or any other animal with a defined pedigree recognized by a breed registry. Horse breeds are groups of horses with distinctive characteristics that are transmitted consistently to their offspring, such as conformation, color, performance, ability, or disposition. These inherited traits results from a combination of natural crosses and artificial selection methods. Horses have been selectively bred since their domestication. An early example of people who practiced selective horse breeding were the Bedouin 
who had a reputation for careful practices, keeping extensive pedigrees of their Arabian horses, and placing great value upon pure bloodlines. These pedigrees were originally transmitted via an oral tradition. In the 14th century, Carthusian monks of southern Spain kept meticulous pedigrees of bloodstock lineages, still found today in the Andalusian horse. Breeds develop due to a need for form to function, the necessity to develop certain characteristics in order to perform a particular type of work. Thus, a powerful but refined breed such as the Andalusian developed as riding horses with an aptitude for dressage. Heavy draft horses developed out of a need to perform demanding farm work and pull heavy wagons. Other horse breeds developed specifically for light agricultural work, carriage and road work, various sport disciplines, or simply as pets. Some breeds developed through centuries of crossing other breeds, while others descended from a single foundation sire or other limited or restricted foundation bloodstock. One of the earliest formal registries was the General Stud Book for Thoroughbreds, which began in 1791 and traced back to the foundation bloodstock for the breed. There are more than 300 300 horse breeds in the world today. Horses and humans have interacted for millennia. Worldwide, horses play a role within human cultures and have done so for millennia. Horses are used for leisure activities, sports, and working purposes. The Food and Agriculture Organization estimates that in 2008, there were almost 59 million horses in the world, with around 33 million in the Americas alone, 14 million in Asia, and 6 million in Europe, and smaller portions in Africa and Oceania. There are estimated to be 10 million horses in the United States alone. That is amazing. The American Horse Council estimates that horse-related activities have a direct impact on the economy of the United States of over $39 billion. And when indirect spending is considered, an impact is over $102 billion. In 2004, a poll conducted by the television channel Animal Planet, more than 50,000 viewers from 73 countries voted for the horse as the world's fourth favorite animal. Communication between human and horse is paramount in any equestrian activity. To aid this process, horses are usually ridden with a saddle on their backs to assist the rider with balance and positioning, and a bridle or related headgear to assist the rider 
in maintaining control. Sometimes horses are ridden without a saddle, and occasionally horses are trained to perform without a bridle or other headgear. Many horses are also driven, which requires a harness, bridle, and some type of vehicle. Historically, equestrians hone their skills through games and races. Equestrian sports provide entertainment for crowds and hone the excellent horsemanship that was needed in battle. Many sports, such as dressage, event and show jumping, have origins in military training, which were focused on control and balance of both horse and rider. Other sports, such as rodeo, developed from practical skills, such as those needed on working ranches and stations. Sports hunting from horseback evolved from earlier practical hunting techniques. Horse racing of all types evolved from important or impromptu competitions between riders or drivers. All forms of competition requiring demanding and specialized skills from both horse and rider, resulted in the systematic development of specialized breeds and equipment for each sport. The popularity of equestrian sports through the centuries has resulted in the preservation of skills that would otherwise have disappeared after horses stopped being used in combat. Horses are trained to be ridden or driven in a variety of sporting competitions. Examples include show jumping, dressage, three-day eventing, competitive driving, endurance riding, gymkhana, rodeos, and fox hunting. Horse shows, which have their origins in medieval Europe fairs, are held around the world. They host a huge range of classes covering all the mounted and harness discipline, as well as in-hand classes where the horses are led rather than ridden, to be evaluated on their confirmation. The method of judging varies with the discipline, but winning usually depends on style and the ability of both horse and the rider. Sports such as polo do not judge the horse itself, but rather use the horse as a partner for human competition, as a necessary part of the game. Although the horse requires specialized training to participate, the details of its performance are not judged, only the result of the rider's actions, be it getting the ball through the goal or some other task. Examples of these sports of partnership between human and horse include jousting, in which the main goal is for one rider to unseat the other. And Bukashi, a a team game played throughout Central Asia, the aim being to capture a goat carcass while on horseback. Lovely. Horse racing is an equestrian sport and major international industry, watched in almost every nation of the world. There are three types, flat racing, steeplechase, example racing over jumps, 
And finally, harness racing, where horses trot or pace while pulling a driver in a small, light cart known as a sulky. A major part of horse racing economic importance lies in the gambling associated with it. Interesting. Work for horses. There are certain jobs that horses do very well, and no technology has yet developed to fully replace them. For example, mounted police horses are still effective for certain types of patrol duties and crowd control. Cattle ranches still require riders on horseback to round up cattle that are scattered across remote, rugged terrain. Search and rescue organizations in some countries depend upon mounted teams to locate people, particularly hikers and children, and to provide disaster relief assistance. Horses can be used in areas where it is necessary to avoid vehicle disruption to delicate soil, such as nature reserves. They may also be the only form of transport allowed in wilderness areas. Horses are quieter quieter than motorized vehicles. Law enforcement officers such as park rangers or game wardens may use horses for patrol. And horses or mules may also be used for clearing trails and other work in areas of rough terrain where vehicles are less effective. Although machinery has replaced horses in many parts of the world, an estimated 100 million horses, donkeys, and mules are still used for agriculture and transportation in less developed areas. This number includes around 27 million working animals in Africa alone. Some land management practices, such as cultivating and logging, can be efficiently performed with horses. In agriculture, less fossil fuel is used and increased environmental conservation occurs over time with the use of draft animals such as horses. Logging with horses can result in reduced damage to soil structures and less damage to trees due to more selective logging. Modern horses are often used to reenact many of their historical work purposes. Horses are used to complete with equipment that is authentic or a meticulously recreated replica. In various live-action historical reenactments of specific periods of history, especially in recreations of famous battles, Horses are also used to preserve cultural traditions and for ceremonial purposes. Countries such as the United Kingdom still use horse-drawn carriages to convey royalty and other VIPs to and from certain culturally significant events. Public exhibitions are another example, such as the Budweiser Clydesdales, seen in parades and other public settings, a team of draft horses that pull a beer wagon similar to that used before the invention of the motorized truck. Horses are frequently seen in television, films, and literature. 
They are sometimes featured as major characters in films about particular animals, but also used as visual elements that assure the accuracy of historical stories. Both live horses and iconic images of horses are used in advertising to promote a variety of products. The horse frequently appears in coats of arms, in heldry, in a variety of pose and equipment. The mythology of many cultures, including Greco-Roman, Hindu, Islamic, and Norse, include reference to both normal horses and those with wings or additional limbs. And multiple myths also call upon the horse to draw the chariots of the moon and the sun. The horse also appears in the 12-year cycle of animals in the Chinese zodiac related to the Chinese calendar. There are also therapeutic uses for the horse. People of all ages with physical and mental disabilities obtain beneficial results from association with horses. Therapeutic riding is used to mentally and physically stimulate disabled persons and help them improve their lives through improved balance and coordination, increased self-confidence, and a greater feeling of freedom and independence. The benefits of equestrian activity for people with disabilities has also been recognized with the addition of equestrian events to the Paralympic Games and recognition of para-equestrian events by the International Federation for Equestrian Sports. Hippotherapy and therapeutic horseback riding are names for different physical, occupational, and speech therapy treatments, strategies that utilize equine movement. In hippotherapy, a therapist uses the horse's movement to improve their patient's cognitive, coordination, balance, and fine motor skills, whereas therapeutic horseback riding uses specific riding skills. Horses also provide psychological benefits to people, whether they actually ride or not. Equine-assisted or equine-facilitated therapy is a form of experimental psychotherapy that uses horses as companion animals to assist people with mental illness, including anxiety disorder, psychotic disorders, mood disorders, behavioral difficulties, and those who are going through major life changes. There are also experimental programs using horses in prison settings. Exposure to horses appears to improve the behavior of inmates and help reduce recidivism when they leave jail. Horses have been used in warfare for most of recorded history. The first archaeological evidence of horses used in warfare dates between 4,000 to 3,000 B.C., and the use of horses in warfare was widespread by the end of the Bronze Age. Although mechanization has largely replaced the horse as a weapon of war, horses are still seen today in limited military use, mostly for ceremonial purposes 
or for reconnaissance and transport activities in areas of rough terrain where motorized vehicles are ineffective. Horses, believe it or not, have been used in the 21st century by the Janawid militants, militias, in the war in Darfur. That's happening right now. Horses are raw materials for many products made by humans throughout history, including byproducts from the slaughter of horses, as well as materials collected from living horses. Products collected from living horses include mare's milk, used by people with large horse herds, such as the Mongols, who let it ferment to produce cumis. Horse blood was once used as food by the Mongols and other nomadic tribe, who found it a convenient source of nutrition when traveling. Drinking their own horse's blood allowed the Mongols to ride for extended periods of time without stopping to eat. The drug Primarin is a mixture of estrogens extracted from the urine of pregnant mares. That's how they get the name Primarin. Pre for pregnant, M-A-R for mares, and the I-N in urine and was previously a widely used drug for hormone replacement therapy. The tail hair of the horse can be used for making bows for string instruments such as the violin, viola, cello, and double bass. Horse meat has been used as food for humans and carnivorous animals throughout the ages. It is eaten in many parts of the world though consumption is taboo in some cultures and subject to political controversy in others. Horsehide leather has been used for boots, gloves, jackets, baseballs, and baseball gloves. Horse hooves can also be used to produce animal glue. Horse bones can be used to make implements. Specifically, in Italian cuisine, the horse tibia is sharpened into a probe called a Spinto, which is used to test the readiness of a pig ham as it cures. In Asia, the saba is a horsehide vessel used in the production of cumis. Horses are a grazing animal, and their major source of nutrients is good quality forage from hay or pasture. They can consume approximately 2 to 2.5% of their body weight in dry feed each day. Therefore, a 450-kilogram or 1,000-pound adult horse could eat up to 11 kilograms or 25 pounds of food. Sometimes, concentrated feed such as grain is fed in addition to pasture or hay, especially when the animal is very active. When grain is fed, equine nutritionists recommend that 50% or more of the animal's diet, by weight, should still be forage. Horses require a plentiful supply of clean water, a minimum of 10 gallons, or 38 liters, per day. 
although horses are adapted to live outside, they require shelter from wind and precipitation, which can range from a simple shed or shelter to an elaborate stable. Horses require routine hoof care from a farrier, as well as vaccinations to protect against various diseases, and dental examinations from a veterinarian or specialized equine dentist. If horses are kept inside a barn, they require daily exercise for their physical health and mental well-being. When turned outside, they require well-maintained, sturdy fences to be safely contained. Regular grooming is also helpful to help the horse maintain good health of the hair coat and the underlying skin. The domestication of the horse. A number of hypotheses exist on many of the key issues regarding the domestication of the horse. Although horses appear in the Paleolithic cave art as early as 30,000 years BCE, these were wild horses and were probably hunted for meat. How and when horses became domesticated is disputed. The clear evidence of early use of the horse as a means of transport is from chariot burials, dated circa 2000 BCE. However, an increasing amount of evidence supports the hypothesis that horses were domesticated in the Eurasian steppes approximately 4,000 years BCE. Recent discoveries in the context of the Botai culture suggest that Botai settlements in Akmola province of Kazakhstan are the location of the earliest domestications of the modern horse. The date of domestication of the horse depends to some degree upon the definition of domestication. Some zoologists define domestication as human control over breeding, which can be detected in ancient skeletal samples by changes in the size and variability of ancient horse population. Other researchers look at broader evidence, including skeletal and dental evidence of working activity, weapons, art, and spiritual artifacts, and lifestyle patterns of human cultures. There is also evidence that horses were kept as meat animals prior to being trained as working animals. Attempts to to date domestication by genetic study or analysis of physical remains rests on the assumption that there was a separation of the genotypes of domesticated and wild populations. Such a separation appears to have taken place, but dates based on such methods can only produce an estimate of the latest possible date for domestication without excluding the possibility of an unknown period of earlier gene flow between wild and domestic populations, which will occur naturally as long as the domesticated population is kept within the habitat of the wild population. 
Further, all modern horse populations retain the ability to revert to a feral state, and all feral horses are of domestic types. That is, they are descended from ancestors that escaped from captivity. Whether one adopts the narrower zoological definition of domestication or the broader cultural definition that rests on an array of zoological and archaeological evidence of artifacts at the time, of the time frame chosen for the domestication of the horse, the date of 4000 BCE is based on evidence that includes the appearance of dental pathologies associated with biting, changes in butchering practices, changes in human economies and settlement patterns, and the depiction of horses as symbols of powers of power in artifacts, and the appearance of horse bones in human graves. On the other hand, measurable change in size and increases in the variability associated with domestication occur later at around 2500 BCE, as seen as horse remains found at the site of the Cespril Harris in Hungary, a settlement of the Bell Beaker culture. With that said, and the argument not settled, regardless of the specific date of domestication, use of the horse spread rapidly across Eurasia for transportation, agricultural work, and, of course, warfare. Horses and mules in agriculture used a breastplate type of harness or a yoke more suitable for oxen which was not as efficient at utilizing the fuel strength of the animals as their later invented padded horse collar that arose several millennia later. Evidence for the domestication of horses comes from three kinds of sources change in the skeletons and teeth of ancient horses, change in the geographic distribution of ancient horses, particularly the introduction of horses into regions where no wild horses had existed, and finally, archaeological sites containing artifacts, images, or evidence of changes in human behavior connected with horses. Archaeological evidence includes horse remains interred in human graves, changes in the ages and sexes of the horses killed by humans, the appearance of horse corrals, equipment such as bits or other types of horse tack, horses interred with equipment intended for use by horses, such as chariots, and depictions of horses used for riding, driving, draft work, or symbols of human power. Few of these categories, taken alone, provide irrefutable evidence of domestication, but combined add up to a persuasive argument.
the least ancient but most persuasive evidence of domestication comes from sites where horse leg bones and skulls, probably original, originally attached to hides, were interred with the remains of chariots in at least 16 grades, graves of the Sintashta and Petroka cultures. These were located in the steppes southeast of the Ural Mountains, between the Upper Ural and the Upper Tobol Rivers, a region today divided between southern Russia and northern Kakistan. Petrovka was a little later than probably grew out of Sintashta, and the two complexes together spanned about from the years 2100 to 1700 BCE. A few of these graves contain the remains of as many as eight sacrificed horses placed in, above, and beside the grave of humans. In all of the dated chariot graves, the heads and hooves of a pair of horses were placed in a grave that once contained a chariot. Evidence of chariots in these graves were inferred from the impression of two spoken wheel s- spoke wheel sets in grave floors. In most cases, the rest of the vehicle left no trace. In addition, a pair of disc-shaped antler cheek pieces, an ancient predecessor, predecessor, predecessor to a modern bit, shank or bit ring, were placed in pairs besides each horse, head, and hoof sacrifice. The inner faces of the discs had protruding prongs or studs that would have pressed against the horse's lips when the reins were pulled over on the opposite side. Studded cheek pieces were a new and fairly severe kind of control device that appeared simultaneously with chariots. All of the dated chariot graves contained wheel impressions, horse bones, weapons, including the arrow and javelin points, axes, daggers, or stone mace heads. They also included skeletal remains and the horse's cheek pieces used to control them. Because they were buried in teams of two with chariots and studded cheek pieces, the evidence is extremely persuasive that these steppe horses in the year 2100 BCE were domesticated. Shortly after the period of these burials, the expansion of the domestic horse throughout Europe was a little short of explosive. In the space of possibly 500 years, there is evidence of horse-drawn chariots in Greece, Egypt, and Mesopotamia. By another 500 years, the horse-drawn chariots had spread to China. With that all said, some researchers still do not consider an animal to be domesticated until it exhibits a physical change consistent with selective breeding, or at least having been born and raised entirely in captivity. Until that point, they classify captive animals as merely tamed. 
Those who hold to this theory of domestication point to a change in the skeletal measurements that was detected among horse bones recovered from the middens dated about the year 2500 BCE in eastern Hungary in the Bell Beaker sites and in later Bronze Age sites in the Russian steppes, Spain, and Eastern Europe. Horse bones from these contexts exhibited an increased invariability, thought to reflect the survival under human care of both larger and smaller individuals than appeared in the wild, and a decrease in the average size, thought to reflect penning and restriction in diet. Horse populations that showed this combination of skeletal changes probably were domesticated. Most evidence suggests that horses were increasingly controlled by humans after about the year 2500 BCE. However, more recently, there have been skeletal remains found at a site in Kazakhstan which display the smaller, more slender limb characteristics of corralled animals, dating back to an amazing 3500 BCE. The appearance of horse remains in human settlement in regions where they had not previously been present is another indicator of a domestication. Although images of horses appear as early as the upper Paleolithic period in places such as the caves of Lascaux, France, suggesting that wild horses lived in regions outside of the Eurasian steppes prior to domestication and may have been hunted by early humans, concentration of remains suggest animals being deliberately captured and contained, an indicator of domestication, at least for food, if not necessarily used as a working animal. Later images of horses identified by their short ears flowering manes, and tails that bushed out at the dock began to appear in artistic media in Mesopotamia during the Akkadian period in the year 2300 BCE. The word for horse, literally translated as ass of the mountains, first appeared in Sumerian documents during the third dynasty of Ur around the year 2100 BC. The kings of the third dynasty of Ur apparently fed horses to lions for royal entertainment, perhaps indicating that horses were still regarded as more exotic than useful. But King Shulgi, around the year 2000 BCE, compared himself to a horse of the highway that swishes his tail, and one image from his reign showed a man apparently riding a horse at full gallop. Horses were imported into Mesopotamia and the lowland near east in large numbers 
after the year 2000 BCE in connection with the beginning of chariot warfare. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.